And uh, Sean Cosco with you on Big V Racing. Mick McGuan joins me now. G'day, Mick. How are you? G'day, Cosy. How now, are you? I'm good, mate. Now, can I give you a tip? Yeah, mate. Of course you can. I'm going to give you the name of an apprentice jockey, mm-hmm. and he will be an absolute nutter superstar. Not just a good rider, a superstar. He's had four rides in a race for two wins. He's in northern New South Wales. His name is Braith Knock. Braith Knock. Knock. He uh, very much like Ty England, bull rider as well. Now, he's had four rides and ridden two winners. He's in the Brett Kavanagh camp. You couldn't get in a much better camp than that as far as horsemen go, and discipline as well. He rode, His first ride in a race, he got the money on and rode it like George Moore. He won again the other day, and then after he won that, the next day he went out and rode in the bull riding, got 84 points on his first round in the bull riding. Wow. And he's been to America, ridden in the bull riding over there. And the, the irony of it is, I mentioned Ty Angler, a great bloke and a wonderful rider, and Ty tragically had that fall in Hong Kong where the horse came out of the barriers and he popped over its neck and became a paraplegic as a result of it. And the incredible thing was, here's Ty and his brother, I think is a professional radio rider in America, or was at one stage, riding bulls, didn't get injured, and has quite an innocuous fall, as it appeared, and becomes a paraplegic. Yeah, the irony of it, isn't it? It's just amazing. I remember uh, Paul Hawke, great teammate at Collingwood, one of his real good mates from Wagga Wagga was Brian Lynch. Mm. And Brian Lynch used to do a bit of that rodeo stuff, and now he's a successful trainer over in America, uh, horse trainer, that is. And um, it's amazing. They made a good stuff, them bull riders. They're nice and tough. Oh, mate, I tell you what. But this young kid, uh, as I said, he's been doing it for a long time, and the the issue is, he's a horseman. He's a, he's a very, very good rider. And the, the thing was with Ty, often if trainers had a horse, they're a bit iffy with, you know, could play out behind the barriers, they'd be desperate to get someone like Ty on because they knew they weren't going to pelt him. There was no one on. He'd, he'd stay on, and this kid's the same. So uh, keep an eye out for him. Braith Knock is his name. He's only had four rides, but he is, uh, he's champion material. And who does he ride for? He's, he's with, um, as I said, with uh, Brett Kavanagh. And yep. he's he's riding around Tamworth Way. He's written well. He he rode his first winner for Brett. Uh, that was on the New Year's Day, and then he rode one the other day at Tamworth again for Paul Masara. Okay. Oh, that's good. Yep. He's, so he's riding for good trainers. But uh, as I said, it's not. You know, it's funny how you just see one and they stand out. And I followed him through the bull riding, just watching him doing that. And I thought, holy smokes, you can ride. You can you can stay on. Um, and he's just, a, he's grown up in the country. He's an absolute horseman, the kid. So uh, I think, you know, barring injuries, whether it be on the bulls or on horses, he's just got an unbelievable future ahead of him. Yeah, they're great stories. They're the ones you sort of gravitate to right from the start, and you wonder why they become great, because you've got an appetite for the sport, but also the love of the animal. And most importantly, when you're young, you'll have a work ethic, and it sounds like that kid's yep. on the right track. Yeah, well, he's come from a good school. His mother's Jane Clement, the uh, trainer in New South Wales, and she's a, yeah, oh, yeah. a wonderful she woman. Yeah, the other day, uh, yesterday, I think, yeah. as well. Yeah, very good trainer. And uh, no, he's been disciplined, and uh, he's grown up at a very, very good camp, I can tell you now. Hey, uh, Mick, I'm going to have a yarn in about uh, a little over half an hour's time with Merv Butterworth. He's got copy of that, of course. He owns him in the Ballarat, the Petstock Ballarat Pacing Cup. Oh, what a race that will be uh, at Ballarat tomorrow night. Um, 2,710 metres, Group 1 event. I reckon there's uh, an argument here, Cosy, that's probably one of the best fields we've compiled, and that's including the Inter-Dominion. I was about uh, to say the, that, Nick, it is, it's like an Inter-Dominion field, isn't it? It is. Uh, the depth and the barrier draw has made it quite complex. Now, we've witnessed Cranbourne first up for David Aiken winning the Shepparton Cup when it sailed to the front, was able to cross on Cast No Shadow. You've got Rock and Roll do has got... Amazing talent with the trains. They're driving Mick Stanley's not driving Anthony, but is. 
you've got Kelpie that coming over from New Zealand with Blair Orange, their best driver in New Zealand. But which one are we going to see? The New Zealand version, mm. or sometimes a disappointing version in Australia. And from the back row, you've got Major Meister, uh, who's just taken all before him, winning the Cranbourne Cup and Bendigo Cups in two of the three starts that he's had with new trainer Jason Grimson. And if you watch the replay of its Bendigo Cup victory when it was knocked over at the 600 to able to pick itself up and still find the line and win the race, it was just a phenomenal performance. And then I'm leaving out horses at around the 10 to $20 mark and if they overdo it up front, the races run the suit. Horses like Ice Cast No Shadow, Honolulu Bay, even the New Zealand Roll Town Road and Mac Dan, they can all feature. So it's just a fantastic race. Mick, how do you feel about the emergency being drawn in the field? Dan Malecki is dead against it. He doesn't like that the, the emergency is drawn. Well, in this case, it's drawn one. Yeah, I think there's a great argument not to have it. And probably if you are becoming a, a, um, an emergency, maybe there's got to be some sort of symmetry around where it goes to. So whether it's outside the front or outside the back row, sometimes I think that helps the punting angle because the race... Saturday night changes its complexion if interest-free is doesn't get a run. Mm. Rock and roll do. I think if Mick Stanley said, if there's one barrier I don't want, considering Ballarat hasn't got a sprint lane mm. and the lack of speed that it may possess out of a barrier, just go to barrier one. Whereas barrier two, you can probably stay in the running line, let the heat un- unfold, and then Anthony Buckford to make some decisions from being in the running line to inject this horse into the race because the tempo's too slow and get him up there, I like to be, because one thing we do know, rock and roll do get stronger as the race gets into its entirety. So I think uh, there's a lot of merit in what you just mentioned that Dan's put on the table, but in terms of solution, I suppose they have to come up with the right one. So whether they go to the outside of the front row and every emergency in a big race knows that that's its fate or goes to the second row, I think a lot of people would know They'd like just to get a runner in the race. And if that's the way it is, that's the way it is. I think what highlights the depth of this race is the fact that you've got four horses in the market between $3.50 and 6 bucks. Yeah, well, that's right. You've got Cranbourne, who looks the first mm. leader. Rock and roll do, I think, will find its feet. And as I said, I don't know where it's going to come from. Is it going to come from barrier one or stay in barrier two, depending on if there's any scratchings uh, this time tomorrow? Copy that. Uh, we know... Where we'll probably put the horse in the race at some stage. You'll stay at the speed battle. I cast no shadow, might have a chance his arm, Jack Trainer, at the start and try to cross Cranbourne, but I don't think it can draw with Cranbourne drawn inside us. And I don't think Jack was that desperate in the Shepherd and Cup. You allowed Cranbourne to cross without much bigger. Uh, then you've got horses like Honolulu Bay with David Moran. He could possibly chance his arm and put some speed in the race, but more likely to go back so he can finish the race off, especially over 27.10. You'd think Mac Dan would get a good run through, uh, particularly if interest-free scratch follows Cranbourne through. Mark Pitt would put it into a rightful position, and then Magic Meister with Cameron Hart's got some decisions to make. Could Mac Dan be the nice smoky at a bit of odds? As you said, if interest-free's out, doesn't get a run, and Cranbourne just pings from the gate. Absolutely. Um, it's got a perfect trailing draw. Um, Mark Pitt's a fantastic driver. He makes good decisions in races. You know the horse will be hard and fit. Um, one of the best combination 
trainers going around with Clayton Tonkin and Emma Stewart uh, that work well together. Um, $10, you get entertained each way forever. Uh, there's no question about that because you know it'll be in the race, train on the track, prime to the minute, and be driven well. Uh, Major Meister also, <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned, probably represents some value at 650 mm. because even though it's drawn an awkward barrier in 12, uh, this horse is absolutely low down flying. This could be one of those races where if you get like the first four, you could fluke a really good divvy. Yeah, it could be one or the other. Uh, the obvious could fill the holes in Cranbourne, Rock and Roll Do, a bit of copy that, and probably Mac Dan or Major Meister, and depending on which one wins out of those five. Uh, but as you say, if they overdo it and there's a bit more heat on, which generally Ballarat Cups, and I've been going to Ballarat Cups for a long, long time, ever since I was a kid, and I remember jumping in the sulky with the great Vinnie Knight, on horses like Bag Limit and Popular Round, just to wow. go back to the the um, to the enclosure where they come out of the stables. Uh, I was thrilled as a kid, as eight, nine, ten year old, even Rex Hocking way back then, gave me an opportunity to sit on the side of the sulky after a race was run on some of the great horses that uh, were a part of Ballarat landscape back in the day. And that sort of memory lives with you forever, and that's why um, you gravitate to the sport because the engagement some trainers had with young kids. It's funny, isn't some of the memories you have? I remember leaving a function one night, and we all raced out to the car, listened to the radio, and you listened to horses like Mark Avina, Paleface, Adios going around, and it was just so exciting. Yeah, well, my granddad, he actually drew a painted oil painting picture of one of my favourite horses, and that was Paleface, Adios. Mm. And I've still got that picture to me day. He did it himself. Uh, that's my mother's father. And um, <clears throat> you mentioned Mark Avina in the old penthouse days, watching the trots as a kid, getting their mother to put one unit each way. <laughs> <laughs> which was 50 cents each way uh, on Mark Avina with the red shadow roll with D-Gath driving it. Uh, yeah. memories that live with you forever. And for those who never got the opportunity to go to the Melbourne showgrounds, that was like going to the Coliseum. <laughs> Gee, I love Well, that. the great story is because as kids, you sort of gravitate to heads and some hands would have big bets and when those big bets were put on, because there was two rings, there was the main ring and then me and a mate would dash around and see some of the right heads you know, have a good bet on a horse. And generally, because the television screens weren't there to see the fluctuations, they all the bookies in the main rig had runners to go to the other side and try to get the same value to lay off. But we used it as a race to get over there first and try to find an old head to put a bet on you, a bet on the horse illegally. So you weren't going to take the unders. By the time you got around there, you were getting the same odds, or if not better sometimes, uh, with the well-backed horse that you just watched some smart punter back. Um, that was a great day. With Mick McGuire. Mick, finally, what do you like in the Ballarat Pacing Cup, the Petstock Ballarat Pacing Cup, if you, know, if you had to nominate one, two, three, four? Oh, I'm going to have something each way on Major Meister. I'm uh, hoping there's a little bit of spice in the race from Cranbourne going to the front. I cast no shadow, probably putting more heat than it did on the lead, for the lead than it did in the Shepparton Cup. Copy that'll probably get to the death seat at some stage. I think Anthony Butt will try to put rock and roll do into the race. Uh, with that thinking in mind, I'm going to probably back Major Meister each way at the 6.50 um, and maybe save on a horse like MacDan or Old Town Road because Old Town Road, it's uh, a couple of runs in New Zealand Cup Week were outstanding. But if it gets the right run and the brakes go its way at $10, I think it represents some value as well. Notwithstanding the fact um, the horse is up front, uh, they're, they're going to be very hard to over- overcome. All right. Now, what about the Valley tomorrow? Can you find one there? Yeah, I'm pretty keen about Mini Valley. Um, rail back in the true position, generally suits on paces. And with that in mind, I think Shuffle Dancer in race four um, will be very, very hard to beat. I know you have to take skinny odds around $1.90, but I'd love its last two runs. Very impressive. I 
when I won its maiden, but then even last other chased a smart, good tracker horse in, good track horse in uh, Rotaritaki. Uh, out the 1500, it's perfect. Then Mellon, he'll steer it. Gate three, they go from a good gate, it'll be very hard to beat. Race five, my old mate, the nephew, I have to find it again, the 420, 440 each way. Um, obviously, we'll need the brakes to go its way from barrier one. I think Paddy Payne's horses are absolutely flying, like the booking of Mickey D. If it gets coiled up and ready to pounce and the brakes go its way, I think it'll be hard to hold out in race five. That's number 10, the nephew. And I think uh, a couple of weeks ago we tipped uh, Dance to Dubai, good thing, and I see no reason with the scratching of the Adelaide horse uh, in this race early. Uh, Dance to Dubai, $2.50 from a good barrier. Carleen Heppel's riding magnificently at the moment with her two-kilo claim. I think it's got an affinity with Mooney Valley two from two. We can make them three from three, so they're the three horses I like tomorrow. All right, we'll just get those numbers again, Mix, for people to write them down. Yeah, race four, number six, yep. Shuffle Dancer. Race five, number ten, each way, the nephew. And race seven, number eight, Dance to Dubai. Looks extremely hard to beat. All right, now what about the puppies? Because I know you like the greyhounds. Yeah, well, Torelton Cup heats today, Sean. Um, there's seven heats, and there's some really talented greyhounds going around. And if we can quickly skim through them, I think race three, there's probably three logical chances. I like High Tribe Rico. I actually had something each way at $7. It's into four forty. I think it's got a terrific chance, even though it's drawn the awkward box. The dangers he'll top Johnny out there in seven. Can miss a way that musters quickly. And I think it'll overcome the leader, which I think will be Vader Bale from three, but it's too short the marketplace, I think. And there's a roughie in that race, uh, Geo number two. They put up about $40. It's into 16. And I think they rep- represent some value. Uh, in race four, uh, two, two greyhound race, uh, Mr. Audacious out there in seven. It's got a great affinity with his track eight from eight. It's one. Uh, 13 of 16, it's just a star, short course specialist. Quinlan Vale, you know, held the track record there for a period. I think they're the two in race four, the second heat, number seven and six. In race five on the program there tonight, I'm really keen on Die Hard. Good speed, beautifully boxed. Mr. Neal, I'll give it some room early. Titan Blazers racing well, the old stage up in box four, but I think Die Hard is one of the bets of the night at Terrelvin for Karen Pitt, well boxed. Goes to the front, 280, I think, value. It'll start shorter. Uh, race six on the program. I'm pretty keen on Revolution out there in box eight. They had a nice tune-up at Heelsville. First up, nice cobweb blowout. It'll be very hard to beat. It looks the leader. Get good card across because dogs like Nicholson Bale and Money O's really crash hard to defence. Pandero, Warrior in box five, wants a bit of room and wants to get to the outside. And with those three dogs probably jostling for inside-outside position, Revolution can be offered away. After it jumps and be hard to beat at the dollar eighty-five. Base seven, I thought, was probably the most difficult base to walk out. Which unleashed Kalinda do we see? The one that misses the start, the one that can pin the lead and find the lead. It's a different dog when it finds the front. Still got a question mark over the four fifty metres. Might be a tad too far. Dogs like Kung Pao Kevin out there and eight could be the one. Piscopo Bale's not hopeless at ten dollars, number six. And even Jungle Panther and Power Buddy. They've got legitimate chances in uh, in boxes three and four. So that's a difficult race, race seven on the program. Really keen on race eight, number six. I think it's the grand to beat in this series. Mobile legend for Daryl Brennan, absolutely flying. It's pinging the lead. If it finds the front, they won't beat it. So I'd be certainly putting it in a multi at $1.60. It looks the winner. And I'm really keen on race nine, number one. 
uh, the last of the heats, Salvador Dodger, um, I think it gets dragged out from box one even. Probably prefers to be drawn a little bit wider to get some room early to cross to the outside and get into its gears. But with Aston Lira drawn two, who will give it room, even the speed out wide in Shimon Pearl from box six and Ballistic Chick from box seven, I'm pretty keen on Salad Dodger to get the job done at around the even money mark. I think it's been a dollar seventy to a dollar ninety five on the tab, but I think by race time we'll see black figures. But I, that's not going to phase me the alarming drift at the moment. I think it'll justify the short odds and get the job done in race nine. Race and, nine number one. And that dog you mentioned in the second, the, the Geo, the two, it came up fifty one dollars into sixteen now. Yeah, well, I saw forty one dollars, and it's um, clearly been well tried. Yeah. Um, loves sale, loves to and can run time. What happens at the start's critical for it because Vader Bale can jump and cross hard to the rail. I don't think Django Masquiel or number four will be in the contention for the lead. High try, high try, Rico can probably miss a weight that musters really quick. And he'll top Johnny. There's two of them that can miss it a little bit, can, that can fly the lid and gets into gears pretty quickly. So as the race pans out after they go 50 metres, I think Vader Bale will be in front. Gio will probably be looking to get in front of Dr. Rogan and then chase along the fence. High try Rico can probably get outside Vader Bale, and a lot depends on whether Hilltop Josh, uh, Johnny comes out and crosses those on the inside because he can be strong as well. Well, Mick, have a great weekend. Uh, you're going to have your plate full. There's plenty on, isn't there? Yeah, as long as we back a winner so yeah. we can get fed, mate. That's the most important <laughs> yeah. thing. Good on you, Mick. Have a good one. Good on you, Cos. See you, mate.